was that? I don't know. We have to get him help. No. You need to run. My name is Danny. I'm hunting members of the Hand. I think you're the man we're looking for. Idle fist. Go home. You know who I am? The war you're fighting is not here. It's in New York City. No. Hey! Hey! Panels to Pixels, Defenders Season 1, Episodes 1 and 2. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. So, Steve, we're starting a new show on Netflix. Uh, it's Defenders. It's everybody that we've talked about. Well, minus Iron Fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, it's it's. <laughs> we'll get to that when I get to the the. the but we are starting. I, I, I like this this. Uh, so the first episode of of season one of the Defenders is is titled the H word and. Uh, the, the H word, as we find out through the episode, is the word hero. Jessica Jones is that she doesn't like that that label. In fact, she stops Trish before she says it. We hear a couple of characters refer to Luke Cage as a superhero, but uh, this story picks up after the events. And, and correct me if I've got this wrong, Mark. These are this is after the events of Daredevil season two, Jessica Jones season one. Luke Cage season one and Iron Fist season one. And I'm assuming it's after Punisher season one as, as well, but, but the accounts of Punisher don't really uh, come into effect in this, in this one. I think the the real, the main one is probably Daredevil season two and Luke Cage season one. And then Iron Fist season one is probably what plays in the most into the background for this this story and really Iron Fist is the main one, I think. Well, and Jessica Jones too. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Definitely. But I mean, as far as like the characters that we were involved with that are involved in this in this show, really are more from Daredevil. And I mean, we're getting our protagonists from. I guess we are. We're getting some of the bad guys and stuff from from the other ones. But uh, we meet we meet Danny Rand and he's in Cambodia and he's tracking the hand. We, we meet Luke as he's getting out of prison and we get to see Foggy, that Foggy is his lawyer. He is a part of Jerry's law firm and he was helped by Bobby Fish to get Luke out of, out of jail. We see that Matt is doing some pro bono work on his own and yep. Jessica is drunk in a bar. <laughs> so typical um, Jessica. <laughs> typical, yeah, um, we we meet a few new characters along the way, and uh, and some familiar faces as well uh, that I'm sure we'll get into that I was excited to see. And uh, but everything is pretty much setting up for the story uh, 
going forward. And really, that's this first episode was really that setup until the very end when we have something happen at the very end of episode one that shakes part of the the city, and that's going to play into episode two. Cool. So that will bring us to our top five. What's your number five? So my number five is just the fact that it, it, that Jessica is not using her notoriety to, to get any business. Her phone is ringing off the hook, but yet every time she picks it up, she just says wrong number. Or actually, I think the, the machine says wrong number. And uh, uh, then we notice that her window is still broken or broken again. <laughs> I, I, I can never tell. I lost track in, in Jessica Jones season one uh, how many times that window was broken and that door was was repaired and, and everything. So that's yeah. my number five, Jessica. Uh, my number five would be the introduction of all our heroes in this show. Each with a unique look at where they are and a little piece of what had happened to them. Uh, victories, losses, and who they are. Uh, we see Luke coming out of prison. We see Jessica, well, where we left her <laughs> off. Uh, Matt doing pro bono work, as you said before. And uh, he's doing what he can. And then Danny, on his search for the hand at that point and what's going on because apparently he's seeing a lot yeah. plus of the hand. And he's got, I didn't put it in my notes, but we do see a little bit of piece of PTSD uh, that he's dealing with uh, from uh, Kunlun, whatever happened there. And I'm assuming all that stuff that happened in, in Iron Fist. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that we, what we're, a lot of what we're seeing is the result of things that we saw like at the end of Jessica Jones, when Luke Cage is going to to jail, you know, Claire says, oh, I know a lawyer. And I, I think we all assumed that she meant Matt, but it may have been that she meant Foggy. I don't know. Or maybe she she meant Matt and Matt was the one that called in Foggy. And, you know, I don't know how Foggy got connected with jerry's law firm i don't remember i don't think that was in daredevil season two i know the end of daredevil season two they all separate so yeah something something happened in the intervening time there that drew that uh, well, i guess i guess foggy did he did get picked up by jerry's law firm there at, at the end of season of daredevil season two i, I did forget about that because he was he was in, but we just didn't know whose law firm it was yeah until. he just left and then it was left out and i think he made a cameo <laughs> At some point, and Jessica Jones at one point, and we didn't really pick that up. That may I had, I'd have to go back and see, but yeah, it's, it is interesting. We get these introductions to these characters, and we're starting to see these them crossing lines of meeting other people. But we haven't not until the next episode are we going to see our heroes actually start to meet each other. So. Yes, uh, that would bring us. To your number four, my number four, which is uh, Luke and Claire getting together, and and uh, I thought that was that was kind of interesting. That the first thing he asks about when he comes out of prison is is Claire there, and Foggy's like, no, no, only lawyers are allowed here, and so he has to take the whole the bus ride. I'm assuming all the way from wasn't that prison was like in Georgia or Alabama or or someplace like that, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, somewhere they, out west. Yeah, it was it was somewhere um, south of of the city, and so he's got to take that entire bus ride. And uh, and she's just kind of waiting outside the the barbershop there when he comes comes back. So uh, and we see them go get 
coffee. Uh, I <laughs> quote my air quotes for them getting coffee. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then uh, Misty knocking on the door just as they're as they're kind of done. They're they're post post coitus, and uh, Misty knocks on the door. And it, surprisingly, it wasn't awkward. You know, I, I thought that would be kind of an awkward thing, but I, I guess she was already kind of seeing. Luke and Claire's attraction at the end of Luke Cage season one. And she could see that it was going that direction that she and Luke weren't going to have a, a romance kind of thing. Yeah, and Misty still has both arms. Yes. For the moment, <laughs> <laughs> which leads us to year number four. Uh, my number four would be Sigourney Weaver's character, which is very ominous uh, talking to that nice Asian lady. And it seems to be like hand-based information or collusion that's going on. Um, and it seems that Sigourney Weaver's character is someone who is suffering. Yeah, she's got some sort of disease, whether it's cancer or, or something, that the doctors are, are telling her she's she's dying. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was confused. I, I will admit, I even the second time I watched it, I was still a little confused at the very end of the episode when she, she steps outside and she's uh, kind of looking at the city and the, the, the tremors happen and she turns around and Electra is behind her. And for a minute there, I was like, I was like, did that old woman just transform into Electra or are they, and I, I'm assuming they're two different characters. They're not the same person, but there was, there was a little, there was a moment of confusion there when she turns around to see, Electra and she goes, Oh, you're going to see cities fall. It's just a city or, or something like that. I didn't write that quote down, but yeah. Yeah. Love Sigourney Weaver. She's great. So my number three is, it's pretty quick. It's just when Jessica's getting out of the elevator and the door hits her <laughs> in the arm. And I just, it, I, I have to say, I chuckled every time that happened because I was just like, man, her day, she's just having a really crummy day from the very beginning on. So this, to this point where this elevator door is going to hit her in the shoulder. On the, so. Yeah. It's just another day for Jessica though. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, my number three, well, it takes me back to your number four, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Misty showing up at Luke's pad after Claire and him got busy. Yeah, that, exactly. that was, It was very awkward. I, I have to do agree. Yeah, but that that was my number three. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it's interesting that she takes him out of the building. She doesn't She doesn't talk to him there in Claire's Claire's apartment, she takes him outside and kind of starts to walk the streets because she's going to take him to that car, to that burnt out car. And, and so there really was a definite, she, she kind of got out of there. She might be right. I said it wasn't awkward, but it may have been a little awkward for her. And, and so she got out of there. They're yeah. pretty quick. So. Uh, my number two is, is just Malcolm. I was so glad uh, to see Malcolm that he's still around and that he's kind of acting like Jessica's secretary kind of thing. And uh, he's grabbing the laptop and turning it around to show her where that, that guy might be hiding out. And uh, that whole thing about, uh, Oh, that's in the next episode, but uh, the, just, just his, yeah him having a key and her like, I want my key back. And he's like, gave me a key. And she's like, whatever, I want my key back. I, I just, I, I love, I love the interaction and that the banter they have, especially now that he's no longer this, the drug addicted 
guy that he was. He has that clear mind, and, and she's got that. He's focused now, it seems, and he wants to help, and he wants to be part of everything that she's doing. Yeah, and he's he's you know he's that normal guy caught up in the extraordinary circumstances kind of thing, and dealing with his own stuff from what he was ordered to do, mm-hmm. and uh, pretty much what we could see as when with Kilgrave pushed him towards drugs and everything else yeah so your number two my number two would be the earthquake in new york city affecting all of our heroes uh then obviously seeing electra electra with uh, sigourney weaver's character her mystery character and what was that all about it it seems like the hand has something with something some sort of hierarchy yeah and i'm not even sure if if Sigourney Weaver, if she's maybe she, I don't know, because Electra was part of the hand, right? And yes, so I, yeah, I don't know. It's there's there's definitely some some intriguing stuff, and, and that's going to unfold. We get a little bit more in the next episode, and I'm assuming it's going to unfold throughout the throughout the season there. Yeah, which so leads us to my uh, to my number one. Yep. Uh, which is just it's Karen and and Matt uh, meeting up in that restaurant, and uh, it it definitely seemed a little bit strained, a little bit awkward. You, we keep using that same word uh, between them. I, I don't know how much time has passed since him revealing himself to her, and then this meeting, you know. But she's been through the Punisher, the stuff with the Punisher, and. Uh, anything else that's that's gone on and so they're they're kind of catching up and then she she's kind of wants to interview him about the that case with the paralyzed boy yeah so it, it was it was nice and it was sweet to see them together but at the same time it's it did definitely seem a little bit strange like they don't really know how to act around each other yet they don't know one another anymore because they've changed they've done different things mm-hmm. uh she had karen has moved on and done her own thing Whereas Matt had strayed away from Foggy mm-hmm. and created his own little law firm or yeah. uh, representation for anybody who is in need. Mm-hmm. And whereas Foggy has gone more for the corporate mm-hmm. and whereas Karen, I think she is more in reporting at this point. Yeah, I don't know if she's still with the news. I'm assuming she's still with the newspaper, but it's – going to be interesting to see going forward how that how that changes and then especially when we get into season three of of daredevil so yeah uh so that would lead me to my number one your number one my number one would be matt hearing the calls for help all around him at the end of the earthquake like it was a call to arms for our heroes and for someone to bring them together in some way they're all hearing their own calls in some way to do something for their city and their town. Yeah, and I, I read a little bit about about that, about how his how Daredevil's power works, at least how the comic books portray his power as as working. And I didn't realize that, and we don't really see that in in the show. In in the show, well, let me just let me start by saying this. So, from what I understand, the Daredevil in the comic books, his power is always on. Like yes. He's always going to hearing everything that's within whatever the scope of his of that he's able to hear. He's exactly. always hearing that, and he has to filter that out constantly. So it's it's quite a mental drain for him all the time. 
that he's got to he's, he's got to filter through all those things like we saw at the end of uh season season two when was it season two when he was really trying to focus and find Karen mm-hmm. in the city and he had to filter through all that stuff but it, it's it's almost like the show it kind of has it set up to where he he kind of can turn it on and off like like he he stands still and kind of cocks his head to the side and that's him like tuning in to he this could concentrate in some way and clue into whatever senses he needs yeah instead of it just being a constant barrage of things that he has to filter through so i i found that interesting that that you know unless unless they're just portraying it differently on the show than than that but it seems like that's the way the show is portraying it exactly is that it's not a constant thing that he can kind of turn it not turn it on and off but he can kind of definitely it's not as as big of a burden as it seems to be in the in the comics so yeah Oh, uh, did you have it? I saw, <laughs> I was looking at quotes and I noticed that you had the exact, we had the exact same quotes uh, from each other. Um, so well, uh, you, wanna, you go with one of them. I will go. My favorite, my favorite of the entire episode is that when Trish and, and uh, Jessica are walking and they both have the coffee and they've been walking for several, several steps for a while, holding those coffee cups and Trish finally takes a drink of hers and goes, is there whiskey in this? <laughs> and Jessica says, Oh, that's mine. And so she, they switch coffee cups and I just really, I chuckled. That <laughs> yeah, just, that was a good one. I, I thought that was that. cute. Yeah. Yeah. And what was yours? Uh, Luke saying my bad. These belong to you. After Luke breaks the handcuffs yeah. when he's being paroled, yeah, that was that was funny because he he the guy's fumbling for the key and he breaks he first breaks them them to separate them and then you see him just kind of curl his wrists back. It yeah. seems like he just kind of kind of crumples them. Up and just, <laughs> I'm like going, what was left of him at that point? <laughs> you know exactly. But yeah, it was pretty good. Um. Do you have any other further other notes about this this episode? Well, Claire just telling Luke what had happened to Harlem while he was gone in prison. Mm-hmm. Mariah is still up to her games in Harlem, and he knows this. And he's just, I think he's on a vendetta, just trying to fix his own town. You know? Yeah. So, so I'm I, I'm guessing that so Defenders takes place before season two of Luke Cage. Cause doesn't he go after Mariah in season two of Luke Cage? I haven't watched it yet, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Basically okay. Uh, defenders takes that place of where it's in between those seasons. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not any spoiler to anybody else. Uh, I'm pretty sure a majority of you guys are out there have been watching like we all do. Well, yeah. But, and it was pretty apparent what season two was going to be about at, yeah. at the end there of season one. So exactly. What were your other notes? So I just had a few other ones that I thought was interesting was Matt, when he was trying to inspire the, the paralyzed boy and he kind of tells him, no one's going to give you anything. You've got to take it, whether you're actually going to walk again or not, you got to You, you've got to do something about it. I, th- I thought that was, that was really cool. And then when he goes in to confess uh, to that priest and at first I thought oh, the priest knows everything about his alter ego, but then I started to think, well, maybe he, he didn't tell the priest everything. Maybe he didn't tell the priest that he's daredevil, but he told the priest enough that the priest can go, well, obviously there's some part of your life that you're trying to turn your back on, but you can't find mm-hmm. find the way to turn your back on it. And then finally, uh, just Luke reaching out to Candace's brother. I had to, to watch that scene a couple of times with the car to understand exactly what was what was going on there because it, it's it's the way misty s- says it the way she says the lines yeah it's a little confusing 
what she's saying. So the, the, the way I, I took it or I understood it was Candace had two brothers. Uh, one of them went to work for this mysterious organization that's recruiting young men from Harlem. And he was burned in that car was, uh, he was burned up in that car for whatever reason. And this guy, uh, Sean or Cole, mm-hmm. one of them was Sean, one of them was Cole. Uh, and this, this kid that he goes to see in the building is the other brother. So, uh, that he kind of talks to and, and the, and he asks the kid, you know, what are you between gigs? What's going on? And the, the kid says, well, yeah, I'm, I'm between jobs right now, but I'm always on the hustle, you know, cause he saw those brand new sneakers in the kid's apartment there. Yeah. And, and so I thought that was really interesting that, that whole thing of, of we're seeing kind of three or four separate storylines that, that are going to end up merging together uh, eventually. And, and uh, which leads, uh, leads us right into episode two, mm-hmm. which is entitled meme, right hook. And as you mentioned at the end of, of C of episode one, we see Matt hearing all the cries for help. And then in the cold open of episode two, we see him go out uh, to, to try to help some people. And, and he actually ends up, <laughs> kind of kind of beating up both sides of this particular altercation because apparently some some kids had broken into a man's store to loot it and the man had a shotgun and he was going to he was going to shoot at these these kids and so Daredevil uh, or Matt Murdock not Daredevil I guess Matt Murdock beats up the kids and then the man threatens him with the shotgun so Matt beats him up and, uh, <laughs> and that leads us into uh the rest of the episode which is where we find out that the, the this thing that happened, this incident is being called an earthquake, but apparently it wasn't an earthquake from this caller into Trisha's show who says, no, it wasn't an earthquake. It was too shallow to be an earthquake. And, yep. you know, Luke is out there. He's trying to find out about the criminal activity in Harlem. And he, he finds out that the bar he wanted to go to isn't the bar where the criminal activity is it's this other bar now and i thought it was really interesting too that that we see that daredevil is really trying to stay retired and foggy is really trying to help him at that he's like he's like look i can see your knuckles i can see that you're torn up but you want to go out and do this vigilante stuff basically Mm -hmm. and foggy's like here's some stuff to keep your mind off the vigilante stuff um we get to see jessica working on this missing person case and then eventually by the end, we're starting to see our heroes are starting to meet up with each other. At the end, we see, you know, the ver- the, at the end, we have Matt bursting into the <laughs> interrogation room with Jessica. We see Luke and Danny meeting each other. And so we're starting to see these, these people kind of meeting each other and finding out who they are. And so it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the show pulls them together and I, I, I've got this later in my notes, but I really hope they don't make us wait six more episodes <laughs> for the entire team to get together. You know, let's yeah. let's let's not let's not drag this out. Uh, but you know, they may have to, and it's only got six more episodes. So it's, it's only eight episodes. I I thought it was ten episodes, but it's only eight episodes. Yeah. So it's yeah. It's, they just see, they just meet each other through some sort of happenstance really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they pull together to form a team. Yeah. Which leads us to our top fives. Yeah, our top five. Uh, you want to go? 
Uh, no, you can go first. However you want to list them out there. I see you've got your numbers. I got my numbers, but they're all wrong. So, <laughs> that's okay. You got five numbers there. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Okay. Just pick, just pick one. <laughs> my number five will be Matt in the very beginning of the episode just going out as himself during the earthquake. Uh, no daredevil gear at this point. He's just going out there as himself, protecting the innocent from those that take advantage of a bad situation. Yeah, and like I said before, it's kind of interesting that we see him kind of – beating up both sides of that particular altercation, you know, yeah. um, my number five is, is pretty quick. It was just Jessica. We're see, seeing Jessica do some detective work. She's, she's searching through these city records. And at first when I looked at it, I thought she was like in a library, but then I realized, Oh no, she's in the city records or the state state records. Cause she's pulling corporation paperwork. And uh, so those are usually filed with the state. So she's she's looking for these things, and, and she finds this corporation that shipped the, the explosives to this guy, and that's that's leading her down this rabbit hole to all these other shell corporations that are getting longer and longer ago until she's getting to the 1800s. Hmm. Awesome. So what was your next one? Uh, my number four would be Luke just being Luke, doing what he does for his neighborhood, you know gotta love that you know he's just true to who he is and then claire they're talking to him and talking about getting out uh the band getting together in some way you know meaning all these heroes coming together i have a funny feeling that's gonna come soon yeah and this was actually uh, i'll jump down and i'll switch because this was actually my number two was claire and luke kind of working together and helping people and then as they walk away they're holding hands and it's just a really it's a really nice almost romantic moment that we have yeah between these two these two people and you know he she makes the comment about usually when a guy gets out of prison the first thing he wants to do is go pop open a beer and and he says well yeah i do want to go have a drink you know uh and that's when he starts talking about the different the different bars but yeah, I, I really like that. So that uh, uh, that takes mine, my number. I'll switch that to that was my number four was Claire and Luke. So okay. that leads us to your number three. Well, Misty's helping out with Luke and Danny finding that symbol. There's so much going on. It's, it's like the hand is involved. Yeah, I, I was a little a little confused and 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 but. So she, the girl that was helping Danny, Colleen, I think is what the uh, the closed captioning calls her, and she she says that oh the sword this guy had is a special kind of sword and there's only one place in the city where they make it so they go to that place and that's where they see the image of of Kun Kunlun Kunlun Kunlun. Kun, kun, that place and um, <laughs> uh and that that leads them to that meeting up with kind of meeting up with luke because we see the guys that are coming in to clean up that those bodies i i thought what they were spraying on those bodies was some kind of acid but nothing the bodies weren't dissolving or anything so i'm not sure but they were they were obviously i mean those guys were obviously coming in to clean that up so yeah. i don't know if if those guys are employed by the hand because those are the guys that uh, that are the young men that are being recruited from Harlem for this 
this off the books kind of work that Misty talked about. So we're seeing these storylines starting to converge. We're seeing Danny and Colleen's story converging with Luke and, and Misty's story because they're, they're, these guys are involved somehow. And we don't know. It's almost, I, I've got almost a, a, a thought that there's two different organizations involved here. There's the hand and there's somebody else. There's yeah. somebody else who's either working against the hand or is in competition with the hand or, or something like that to where that's why we're seeing these two different uh, kind of organizations going and, and Danny makes that point about that. He left uh, this, the, that city KL and uh, he left it without a protector and, so it's it's interesting to see these storylines are starting to come together, and, and, and uh, so that that brings me back to mine, which I'll go to now. Was it was my number four, but it's now my number three. Okay, Danny talking about that they need to find a team or they need to find an army because when he and Colleen are having that conversation towards the beginning of the episode, he she says to him, "Well, we're going to have to go to New York. We're going to have to." Uh, find some help and he's like well so we got to get a team together like you were saying we've got to get a team together so i'm starting to see this idea that okay these guys are gonna they're gonna find each other they're gonna say hey we're all super powered we need to all get together because we're all having a common enemy and we need to figure out what this what this is which would lead us to your number two i think my number two would be jessica snooping and finding malcolm in a bad situation due to her snooping (laughs) Uh, Mr. Raymond knows something, then Electra shows up. What in the blue places is going on? Yeah, yeah that's one of those things that I, I, I like. Okay, so again, I'm trying to connect the dots with some of the this continuity here because so the Raymond guy, his wife and daughter come to Jessica to hire her to find him and immediately, like, the, the wife and daughter have literally just left her office when he calls her and says, don't go after it. Don't come looking for him. And then it's Malcolm is the one who says, well, maybe it wasn't somebody else trying to call you off this guy. Maybe it was this guy. Maybe he's an amateur. And that's how Jessica was able to find his apartment in the first episode. And then they find all those explosives in there. And so, yeah, like you said, he knows something because when Electra burst through the door, he was waiting. He knew that, oh, she's found me, which that leads us to another question is how did Electra figure out that Jessica was, it's, I'm trying to put these dots together and I'm I'm not seeing how did Electra find, find him at, Jessica's office. The only way would have been if she talked to the wife and daughter. Yeah. And found out who, you know, who they, who they went to, to find the husband. And, but still it just, it it is a little bit. And then of course he commits suicide uh, before Electra is able to question him or, or even whatever she was going to do with him. So that, that is an interesting, it's, it's becoming kind of a convoluted, plot that I'm I'm hoping they're going to find a way to bring it together. Um, so my, uh, what is now my number two <laughs> is, uh, is Sigourney Weaver's character. When she has that conversation with the orchestra lady, she, she talks like she personally knew Brahms, you know, cause she says, Oh, he was like that. 
that she says something about that he the only reason he wrote this piece in this key was because he wanted to prove that he could could write in that key and the the and then she says that's how he and she says something like that's that's what he he was like that or something like that always trying to prove himself huh. and so it 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 makes her a little bit more mysterious that either she's a really big history buff that she knows a lot about history or maybe she's some kind of you know immortal ancient or ancient yeah or you know uh has something something like that i i'm not sure yeah um, but I thought that was that was interesting as well. Um, so I think that brings us to your number one. Well, what is up with the stick? <laughs> yeah. Stick shows up. Does he know something? Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, Sigourney Weaver's character has him chained and bound, uh, interrogating him. Mm-hmm. Will he help our heroes, or will he betray our heroes? Yeah, and yeah, it, and it seems like he knows something about her, and she knows something about him, and they've tangled before. Yeah, this was this was my number my number one as well. And you know, we've 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 always had this kind of stick was already kind of a mysterious character to begin with because we see him. When he's when he's training uh, Matt Murdock as a child, and he didn't seem to age very much between Matt Murdock as a child and Matt Murdock as an adult. Yeah, you know, so so maybe he's in this same kind of thing as what Sigourney Weaver, and he calls her. I saw this on the second watch. I didn't notice in the first watch. He calls Sigourney Weaver Alexandra. He he calls her. He gives her a name. So we have a name for her now. Her name is Alexandra. I don't know what that means, but definitely she's. They've had some sort of relationship. You know how did how did she get him? Because I the last we saw of him was in Daredevil season two. Yep, wasn't it? And he was escaping yep. away. So obviously he got picked up somewhere. Uh, along the way so this this mysterious character is uh it's it's gonna be really interesting to see again this is uh I, i'm intrigued enough that i want to continue uh to watch um so i had a couple of couple of quotes and i see you've got a, a couple of quotes as well well um, i have to add on to mine oh yeah no i still have more for my number one. Oh, do you <laughs> i'm sorry go ahead yeah you okay. do sorry yeah i i have to add I love that whole Danny Rand Luke Cage fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. That that was something that we had to see. Those two confronting. You had the Iron Fist mm-hmm. and that you know, Power Man, that mm-hmm. attitude, you know, boom. And, you know, Luke not taking it and <laughs> Danny yeah. being cocky. Yeah, I had this in my notes actually, and it's really good. The special effects they did, and I'm sure it was digital, it was digitized, but it, it was really cool when it shows the Iron Fist hitting his face, and it kind of shows uh, Luke's face kind of scrunching in, and then yep. he flies across the room, and you can tell that that Luke was surprised as well by what was happening, and it, it looked like it was really, in, in a way, Danny uh, Iron Fist really helped Luke because. By punching him, he punched him into that door to where he went behind that door, sort of, yep. when the police showed up. And so the police caught 
Danny, but they didn't see Luke. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought that was that was kind of interesting upon the second the second watch when I realized that uh, that that's that's what happened. So yeah, that was a that was a good fight there. Uh, and I have to add too, plus the Misty interrogating Jessica. That was laughable and funny because you see two hard hard headed people butting heads yeah. while, while Jessica's being interrogated, and they just are not stopping. I love yeah. that Misty and Jessica exchange. It was, it was great. It was, it was cool because, because Jessica, you know, Jessica doesn't know that Misty has been involved in these super knows about these super powered stuff. Cause she says, you're, you're about to get into some weird ass shit is what, you know, pardon my, my cursing there, but that's what she tells Misty is you're about to get involved in some weird stuff now that you're not ready to handle. Yeah. And I really wanted Misty to come back and go, oh, no, I can handle it, sister. You know, <laughs> because <laughs> like she's already, she's been involved in it. She's, she saw Diamondback. She's seen Luke Cage. She's been through – you know, she's a cop. She's been through the incident. So she's, she knows kind of what's going on. So that leads us to any quotes that we have. And I, I did <laughs> had a couple of quotes that I really liked. Uh, I really liked when uh, Hogarth was talking to <laughs> – Jessica and she says, "Take the day off, have a drink or five. You earned it." <laughs> she knows her really well. So, uh, and then just when when uh, Luke is talking to the guy in the bar, and the guy says, "I'm too old school for this." Yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah, I got one. Uh, Foggy, when he sees Hogarth, uh, she actually calls to him and says, "He's like, oh, so sorry. Uh, just to be clear, just in case." This is if she gets in trouble, and Hogarth goes with Jessica. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I, I love Foggy. He's a he's a great because he he wants to get it spelled out exactly. He says, "Okay, yeah. so because basically what what I think Foggy was really trying to get at was, am I supposed to help her or am I supposed <laughs> to just keep her away from keep everything anything she does away from us?" And so I think that's why he calls Matt uh, at the end because he's like, "I can't get." I can't get involved in this, but you can get involved in this. Yeah, uh, which leads me to my additional notes, where Foggy pleads to Matt to come back mm-hmm. in some way, really, in some sort of nice way, and he he cares for Matt. A lot is coming out in this episode. We we, you know, there's so many stories, so many things that's going on within every character. Mm-hmm. Each hero has something going on. That is linked to one another. Yeah, yeah, they're going to get they're they're getting these these storylines are are coming together to where we're going to see them them get linked and and really the the only one who's well no because Matt and Daredevil's involved with the hand so yeah so they're you know really Jessica Jones would be about really the only one who really the only reason she's been sucked into this is because of the the wife and daughter coming to her yeah to so really she's the she's the only one of these characters that if if that hadn't happened if the wife and daughter had not come to her office if they had chosen somebody else she would not even she wouldn't have gotten even involved in this she wouldn't know anything about it at all yeah that you know, so true. that that's kind of interesting when you when you start to think start to put these links because everybody else would have eventually would have eventually met up Luke because Luke was getting involved because of the Harlem, the Harlem crime activity. 
Daredevil is involved because of the hand and Danny Rand's in it because of the hand. So yeah. it was all, they, those three would have definitely met up at some point. And so Jessica was really the only one they had to find a way to get her into the story. And uh, that's interesting. I hadn't, hadn't looked at it that way, but, yeah. and I think we covered just about everything else I yeah. have. Um, uh, what about the whole thing of both episodes? Um, yeah, it's a salt. Like I, I, it's a solid start to the season and the show. I, I, I'm a little confused because I didn't watch Iron Fist, but I'm starting to catch up and kind of figure things out. Yeah. And uh, like I said earlier, I hope, I hope we get these them all together in one room bef- before episode eight. But oh, I'm sure it ha- is. If yeah. I have to wait till episode eight, that's that's fine. But no, no, I, no, no. Trust me, that they're, they're definitely going to get together yeah, before that. Yeah. <laughs> and and it would be it would be interesting to see if they do a homage at the end of the series. If they do, uh, uh, you know, that whole the whole thing at the end of the is it the first Avengers where at the end they all go to that they do that one shot shawarma yeah the shawarma <laughs> the shawarma restaurant. You know, we we and if you know much about that, a little trivia about that is that that was a scene that they came back much later yeah. after they had wrapped and they shot and they shot it. So, <laughs> uh, um, so I, you know, I hope maybe we'll get, we'll get something uh, like that, but what about you? What do you got o- kind of overall? Pretty much overall is the show starts off with a lot of following up on our heroes with their previous seasons, mm-hmm. but gets us on track of what is going on currently with them all together. It's a lot to handle and it's a lot to take in. But we get a lot of information right away. Mm-hmm. I think they forced this really quick to make it such a short show because mm-hmm. we only have eight, eight episodes, according to you. Mm-hmm. So they're all linked in some way because of some sort of incident. And then they have to resolve that incident by the end of the actual season. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's going to be – and especially with the, the news, and we can go right into – some of our news now oh yeah uh, with the news of all these shows being canceled um which i I think i I think we both might agree i don't think they're really canceled i think they're just going to end up getting picked up yeah Yeah, as long as those stars want to continue in those roles now of course if if uh christian ritter comes back or one of them come back and go i don't want to play that character anymore yeah you'll have to uh i did see today uh i I, I believe it was Punisher season two and Jessica Jones season three, which Jessica Jones season three is in production, I believe. Yes. And, and Punisher's already been filmed. Yeah. yeah. And they, the only announcement that I could find was that Punisher is sometime early 2019 and Jessica Jones will be sometime in 2019 will be released. So I'm assuming those are going to be Netflix properties. And then probably what will happen is after those seasons get released, Netflix will, will, announced that they've canceled them and then i suspect sometime in 2019 we'll get an announcement that disney plus is gonna have them yeah yeah it's gonna pick them up in some fashion some sort of form yeah i actually read a few things according to a a couple of news articles i read that netflix is gonna keep up with the daredevil having it on their servers so everybody can Mm. still watch it continuously so you'll have the first three daredevil the first two uh, Luke Cage's, the first two Iron Fists. Right, all the ones that they own. Jessica Jones, the first two Punisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, all because that uh, they don't really own them. They were licensed out to do that. 
So they are able to keep them on their servers to for anybody to watch at any given time because it was licensed to them. Well, that's what that's what I meant because like that's kind of what happened with Longmire. A and E had Longmire, and then Netflix bought it out and or or got it, and Netflix shot three seasons of it, seasons four, five, and six. And for a long time, Netflix had all six seasons. But now, if you go to Netflix, you'll see that they only have their seasons of Longmire. The ah, oddly season. enough, that's yeah. odd. Yeah, season one, two, and three is no longer available on Netflix. Unless they, unless they, Now, they may have worked something back out again to where they've got them. I, now, I think I misspoke. I think they do have them now. But there was a, a period of about six months where they didn't have those first three seasons. But I think they must have worked out the licensing or something with Annie uh, to, to get them. To get all them. right. So all true believers out there, Stanley would say, <laughs> keep hold of your Blu-ray, play, uh, Blu-ray movies <laughs> and shows of these Netflix shows. I've been going out there and getting them myself because I don't have Netflix. But yeah. when they come out on Blu-ray, I get them. So I have a hard copy, so I don't have to go to Netflix or a different app in order to watch them. But we don't know what's going to happen within that yeah. time. Yeah, I don't so, have these particular ones on, on disc. I have a lot of ones on disc that I, that I wanted to keep. But, uh, yeah, these particular ones I don't have. So Yeah, I've been, I've been collecting them as they come out, and they'll, they'll have to. In order for Netflix to make money, they still have to do physical mm-hmm. medium. So yeah. when these things come out, get them, grab them. You'll get the digital content if they offer it and, and watch them at your own mm. convenience. Uh, you can't rely on that platform because with everything that's changing within the universe of Disney, Netflix, Hulu, and all these mm-hmm. other companies, we don't know. And it could be lost. Yep. And we've lost a lot over the years. And all right, I'm going to say this and – Steve's going to laugh, but, you know, I'm a purist of old shows, and I have a lot of the old Captain America, Wonder Woman, The Incredible Hulk. Uh, I have all these shows on DVD and Blu-ray and stuff like that. Very cool. Yeah, I don't have – I have – I will say I do have a couple. I have I, I have the original – we've talked about this before. I have Buck Rogers. I've got the original Battlestar Galactica. I actually have all uh, seven or eight seasons of Magnum P.I., from DVD, the original 1980s one. I have all those those DVDs. Yeah, those are the uh, ones that you need. Yeah, Knight Rider exactly. and all that good stuff. Yeah, I wish I had. Oh, Knight Rider would have been cool. <laughs> I, I, I almost. But yeah, I've got a, a few of those old TV shows like that that uh, that I definitely. I have I, I have a full collection of 24. The going all wow. season one, yeah, of all the DVDs of 24 and a couple of Blu-ray seasons. So yeah, so hold on to those and. Uh... Yeah, keep to your roots, true believers. You know, exactly. yeah, they're always at a con. You could always buy them, uh, either bootleg or proper. You know, people sell them, and I always recommend it. It's like, you know, for all we know, they could be gone and distant. And how will we watch them if nobody's going to stream them? Exactly. So, if you love something, go grab it because you cherish it and you like it. But we should move on. And I keep saying, true believer, and uh, well, we've been away for a while, but a lot has happened. Sadly, we lost Stan the Man Lee. Mm. I was really upset about this. Stan was uh, a staple in my childhood. His voice, I knew once I heard it in every cartoon I watched. 
Plus, as I got older and started reading comics, I'm talking when I was really young because his voice would be on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stan was always there in credits in the comic books. Stan was a one-off, someone that was like the grandfather that told you awesome stories, gave you courage with those stories, taught you something with those comics, with those heroes that were written in comics. He will be missed. He was a living legend. Now, just the legend of the Marvel Universe in itself. Rest in peace, Stan. We love you, man. Uh, All that you've done, uh, your legacy will continue. Thank you for the stories and creating a world that taught us kids right from wrong to be ourselves, to be a hero when needed, and that even with great power, we are all just human and continue to learn something in this life. God bless you, Stan. Amen to that. Yeah. He will be missed. So uh, the only thing I ever... I have extra would be uh, the Netflix stuff. Like you, you stated already, they've canceled all these things. Actually, <laughs> you'll laugh, and Steve knows this. Uh, Charlie Cox was actually – I work in retail, and I do servicing for a big box store. I do home theater installation. I'm not going to say what it is. But Charlie Cox was there, and a couple of the salespeople saw him, got pictures with him in Connecticut at the <sighs> store I work out of. And Charlie, last week, when it was asked by one of the sales guys I work with, hey, what's going on with uh, Daredevil and everything that's going on with the Marvel Universe? Are you guys going to do another season? He goes, we won't know until next week. Well, now we know. Charlie was there with his father. He's buying a TV. He's setting it up himself there. They're living in Connecticut. But... Uh, uh, he he looked just like who he was. He was wearing a hoodie. He was trying to be in disguise. It was pretty <laughs> funny. But apparently we know now uh, they canceled Daredevil, but they had a lot of stuff on the boards. Uh, according to uh, – I, I hate using the Patreon, but uh, we, we got to use it. That's how me and Steve know each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Patreon through Karen and Jason from uh, Podcastica's uh, Walking Dead cast. So Derek actually does a Defenders podcast, which does all Marvel Netflix just like we do. And he had stated that apparently that a lot of this came into fruition. They all knew that what was going to happen. So apparently the actors didn't know. And within the past three days, a lot of the actors have been going, oh, it was such a great thing, blah, blah, blah. But apparently Disney's going to wind up scooping up these properties again and just re-envisioning it. I just hope it doesn't go to the PG kind of format. Yeah, I hope they I hope they can keep that that this, the, the gritty in the, the, the style that it is. I hope, like, you know, they don't – yeah, I just – yeah, I, I honestly hope that they do what they do with Netflix because Netflix has a, a kids-oriented page where you mm-hmm. get to go and it's all the cartoons and certain movies and things of that nature. And then it would have hopefully the Star Wars where, you know, obviously with certain Avengers films or uh, certain movies that were Marvel-based were R-rated PG-13 you know, they, they scooped up Deadpool 
Deadpool is an R rating. Logan was an R rating. Uh, the last Avengers film was PG-13. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that they're going to do something more for adult or with supervision. So I'm hoping yeah. that goes through. And that way, at least we could have the mature thing for or maybe R rating for some of these uh, particular characters. Or if not, they would have to tame them down. Yeah, and that's it. Like- Jessica Jones is one that that you know she's not Jessica Jones if she's not if she's not cursing and drinking and, and, <laughs> and you know it's it's yeah so, like Deadpool come on yeah exactly exactly Deadpool is the same way and so I, I hope they don't you know I think what I'm hope what I part of me hopes is that what they're what they're trying to do is that Disney is trying to aim for an older audience not like they're trying to get. Not just a kid crowd. They not just a have kid crowd. Yeah, the older just... kid crowd. Come on, kids that grew up on it like us. Yeah, we... exactly, exactly. They want to get this this range of people, and TV is going to have to start changing. I think. I think TV ratings and, and stuff are going to have to start changing their ideas. Exactly. Of of age ranges right now, because I mean, I'm forty. I'm forty eight, and so I'm almost fifty, but I plan on still watching this stuff and, and well into my fifties and sixties probably. Yeah. So for them to, to skew, to try to not, you know, they, they keep talking about what's the age range, the, the 18 to 50 or the, the something like that. that they, yeah. They, some 18 to 65, they, I think or, they go. Is that what, yeah. That's what yeah, they should, some of the they ratings. should they need to be doing a, a, a wider range of ratings instead of trying to, to narrow it down into these, these lower age brackets. But yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see. Well, I'm hoping for that format so that way at least we have a choice. We could actually watch what we want to watch. Mm-hmm. Mind you, there's that Deadpool PG-13 film that's going to be coming out soon, which will it be does funny. Look, it does look a little fun. I, I've, I've seen the trailer for it. The, the trailer has got has got uh, the, the, the couple from Up. They have a, a, a live action form of the couple from Up that's going to be in it. So yeah. we're, we're kind of seeing the influence of Disney – on Pop culture, or, yeah. <laughs> but, but, well, but Disney in particular, it was like I said, up. That's a Disney product. So, oh, DreamWorks. Uh, oh, was it DreamWorks? Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. So it's more of a pop. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what they. I I, I want to see that film, and I want to see um, what they do with it. I just I I'm with you. I hope they don't. If they're going to tone it down, don't tone it down so much that it becomes a cartoon. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, you know, we we love the humor in it, and we could actually watch it as adults and mm-hmm. enjoy it because it's gonna. Yeah. We already know what the worst part of it is. Yeah, but we can watch it with the kids and laugh and go. Well, yeah. I know what happened there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I I look forward to watching it just as like the little kid in me wants to see it, and mm-hmm. the adult in me is like, I just want to laugh at it because yeah. that's who Ryan Reynolds is. But uh, we're looking also into seeing uh, the last Fox film, which Marvel is going to be sponsoring, but is deemed as the last Fox film, which would be X-Men Phoenix, Dark Phoenix. Mm. And uh, they're launching that. We still have yet to hear about what's going on with uh, the new Mutants movie. Mm-hmm. We, we don't know what's going on. And... There's all this talk about what's going on with Steve Rogers. 
oh, is he going to die, and what's going to happen in Avengers 4? You know, honestly, I take things as they come. I like hearing all the chatter, and I like to figure out certain things as I go, and when I go, and it's a surprise, it's awesome. You know? Yeah, as mad as I was at the end of Infinity War, I'm glad I wasn't spoiled by... I I wasn't spoiled. I didn't get it spoiled for me, what was going to happen. As as mad as I was at at what they did, I'm kind of glad it didn't get spoiled for me. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm sorry I spoiled Walking Dead. (laughs) No. No, I don't care about those spoilers. That doesn't. I mean, that, yeah, no, that's. It didn't. I figured that that out too easily from the previews. Sorry, people. (laughs) And uh, Brian Malosh, who is on the next level. uh, No. Uh, he's not on that. He's show. on Golden Spiral Media. Yeah, yeah, we're on Golden Spiral Media. Yes, the Walking Dead talk through. And this is why we do things casually, and this is an open podcast. Yeah. So uh, we we started doing those uh, open edits, and I will keep this the same. Basically, Brian was just like, how did you come up with that idea that Jesus would be gone? Now Jesus, now he can't use his little Jesus jingle. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't pick up on it until – and I admitted this to, to other people. I – I started to suspect it in the epi- within the episode as I was watching the episode. And as I watched it again, I think it was only twice, but no, I, th- I still think it was three times. Like yeah. three times in the episode, people said, oh, when Jesus comes back, when we're going to talk to him when he comes back. Oh, well, well, we'll wait till Jesus gets back to take care of this or that or whatever. And I was just like, oh, he's going to die. I was like, yeah. I, I just got halfway through the episode and I was like, he is going to die. There is no way. All he these- showed too much hope. He wanted to do so much, and I don't know. I don't think it's a moral compass. It was just him just being him and going yeah. out there and doing what he does, and it just led him into tragedy. And yeah. a lot of people wanted Eugene. Uh, I wanted Eugene to be gone. <laughs> I didn't want Aaron I still gone. Want Negan, I still want Negan to be gone, but that's that's not going to happen either. So No, no, no. <laughs> but there, there's going to be a, a twist, and I think, and what's going on. I, I will give – I will give I had a, I had a thought, and this is probably not going to happen, but I really had a thought that that whole scene that we see of Negan going to the sanctuary and Negan escaping uh, Alexandria – is going to end up being some sort of dream sequence that he's that when we come back the next half of the season, he's going to be sitting in that cell right where he was. And they're going to come in and find that the door was unlocked and he's going to have all that thing was in it. All that was in his head, walking out of the cell and everything. That's, that's part of me is, is all in his head, which would be great. But I think that would be great because he actually would stand true, not to the comic, but in the comic book, he notices the cell is open, mm -hmm. but, he doesn't, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't go out, but eventually he does leave Alexandria. It's just there's there's so many things for me for that to be true. There's so many things for me that that have to be resolved. That have to, that, that. That, yeah, because you got number one, and I said I've said this before. Number one, there was another guy. It was not everybody was blaming Gabriel for leaving the door unlocked. No, Gabriel may have left the door unlocked, but there was another guy in the room there. There was a, another guy who, when Gabriel left, he unlocked Jeffrey. He unlocked Negan's hands. He's standing at the door, unlocking Negan's hands. Yes, and you're telling me he's not going to notice that. That's a common a guard, a prison guard. The first thing he's going to do after he unlocks his hands and tells him to go to the other side of the cell is he's going to check that door. Yeah, you know, and 
then, so even then, so now let's say that guy didn't do his job and he leaves the room. Well, then Negan's got to still get out of the cell. And then you're telling me there's no guard on the building itself. Yeah. That he's going to have to get out of the building. Then he's got to get out of Alexandria. Okay. <laughs> now, um, you're telling me there's gonna, no guards on the walls at night. There's going to be nobody who's going to notice Negan walking out of. Yeah, there's just got to be something that comes out. And yeah. I, you know, honestly. And, and you guys could listen to Steve's talk on <laughs> the Walking Dead talk through on Golden Spiral Media when me and Brian Malash talk about this because we just wrapped up for the, the mid-season finale. And, I'm looking forward to hearing that. And Steve always sends in great feedback. He loves it, and he always gets the award. So, but that's well, that's what he that's why he's the the co-host of this podcast. Come on. <laughs> having, having said that, to submit your your feedback to us, you can go. The best way to, to connect with us is on Facebook at our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com/slash panels to pixels, and the two is spelled out T O. Or you can send an email to us at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. Where else can listeners hear us, Brian? Brian. Mark. <laughs> uh, now I'm Brian. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> I, was calling, I was calling Brian Mark last night, and I'm calling you Brian tonight. <laughs> We're the same person. <laughs> All right, let me try that again. Where else can listeners hear us, Mark? Well, uh, as Steve mentioned before, uh, and I said before, you could hear me on. Golden Spiral Media on The Walking Dead talk through with Brian Malosh. We just finished up our last, uh, the mid-season finale for The Walking Dead Season 9. So, and Steve sent in some feedback. We read it. Uh, you sent in some voicemail as well, I believe, too, right? Yeah, yeah I usually try to do both. Yeah, you, you are double-teaming it. <laughs> it. It's awesome. You know, you know, Steve puts out everything to every podcast that we all listen to, all our friends, be, between Strange Indeed. What else did you do? I, I've i now started sending voicemails to uh, House Podcastica on the, the Game of Thrones awesome. podcast. Yeah. Well. So, uh, and the Lost, uh, our friends Ben Beck and Kristen Howell have a Lost Revisited podcast on this platform, The Next Level Radio, that's a joint effort between Podcastica and Next Level Radio. So you can hear that right here at Next Level Radio or at podcast or podcastica.com. That's a Lost Revisited podcast. They're about to wrap up season one of Lost, and Ben is efforting to get some uh, interviews with some of the cast from Lost. He's hoping to, to do that. He's got feelers out for that. So looking awesome. forward to hearing those interviews. And then hopefully season two, I might even be able to sit in uh, and guest on one of their episodes for Lost, crossing my fingers. So. Or GOT, you you want to do Game of Thrones? I do. That's a, that's a tough one, man. I don't know. I'd, I'd just show my ignorance if I was on that one. I, I think uh, Steve needs my Apple ID so he could go in and look at my iTunes and just watch binge watch Game of Thrones. Everybody. Oh, I've got I've got HBO Go. I I, I spend way too much money on TV. So. No, no. <laughs> All right, so th this was a fun night, and we had a good time. Uh, hopefully next week we could do this some sort of live thing, but we'll see. We'll see. We might have some guests. If we if we do it live next week, we might have a couple of guests with us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, we, we could have people just interjecting and 
giving their information or just laughing at us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks to everybody for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.